0: If you are here for the first time, welcome to our community. I hope you will find what you are searching for. Over the past seven months, I have seen that many of you come and listen to my podcast content. However, you do not follow or subscribe me. I would be grateful if you could do so, as it helps my podcast to grow.
1: My name is Nita Sweeney, and I'm an author of four books. Depression Hates a Moving Target, which is a memoir about how running helped my mental health.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Make Every Move a Meditation, which is a book about um, how to meditate while you're exercising. And then most recently, A Daily Dose of Now, which is a 365-day reader with a practice on every page.
0: Mm -hmm. So what is mindfulness practice and what does it do?
1: Mindfulness in the way I learned it and teach it is a very specific way to pay attention to exactly what is happening in real time. So it is noticing the thoughts as they arise, body sensations as you experience them, as they're happening. It's not thinking about them, but actually being present Mm -hmm. with them. Mm -hmm. So that's the definition. And then what it does, is kind of amazing there's a lot of science behind it it creates calm clarity and concentration those are the big three c's if you will Mm -hmm. it's been known lower blood pressure um, reduce stress improve athletic performance improve the ability to concentrate on whatever you're
0: doing so if you're in a work situation the ability to focus more
1: clearly on the task at hand there are also some studies that say it can increase longevity so make Mm -hmm. you live longer Uh, build new brain cells so make you smarter uh, make you more creative it has uh, tons of benefits
0: how to practice mindfulness for anxiety or depression and how does it you.
1: So the way that I do it is by noticing what's happening as it's happening. It's kind of what I said before. Mm-hmm. But for example, if I am, let's say I'm driving in a car mm-hmm. and I'm on the freeway and there's a lot of traffic and I feel myself starting to tense up, I might notice that my hands are starting to sweat my throat might be closing a little bit. Mm-hmm. I might even feel my breathing uh, get more rapid and shallow. I notice all of those things as they're happening and do my best to let them be. I do my best to just let them be as they are. Okay. So um, because there's a couple of components. There's the choice of what to focus on we call that the object of meditation Mm -hmm. and so with that many things going on it would probably be helpful to just focus on one thing and so it might be if you have your hands on the steering wheel it might be the feeling of heat in your hands or the feeling of your hands sweating Mm -hmm. and try to bring your attention back to that and then when you notice that that is irritating or that is scary or whatever emotional component is arising to let that pass as much as you can um it's a practice it takes practice but choosing one thing to focus on and then when your mind goes to all the other things Mm -hmm. gently bringing the mind back to whatever that thing is and i will say uh this is a bit of a I wouldn't call it a disclaimer, but I had to become convinced that anxiety would not kill me. Mm -hmm. And so I had to go to the emergency department several times and have them explain to me that what I was experiencing was actually anxiety and not a heart attack. I was not having a stroke. I was not having seizures. I was having essentially a panic attack or the beginning of that. Um, And until I got to a place where I realized that these very uncomfortable symptoms Mm -hmm. were not harmful to me in that moment, then I could begin to exercise the meditation practice. Until then, it was just, everything was happening so fast. And my mind was just pretty much convinced I was dying Um, and so the panic was just completely overwhelming, but once I had that information that helped me remind myself, I'm not dying, I'm not having a heart attack. And then I could bring myself back to the sensation, whatever I had chosen. Uh, it could be shortness of breath. It could be lightheadedness because often when you're anxious, you get, um, you know, the blood it, uh, your body pulls blood from your brain and floods it to um, your legs and your heart so that you can run, essentially. It's a fight or flight. And uh, so I might notice that lightheadedness. But for me, um, concentrating on the sweating of my palms on the steering wheel was the most benign part of the experience. And so if I could bring my attention back to that over and over, um, then eventually my body regulated itself. And that's what the most powerful thing is um, for me is to be able to ride through anxiety and come out the other side because it does pass. An Mm -hmm. anxiety attack does not last forever. It seems like it's going to, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't last forever.
0: As from this conversation and as we have our listener. Uh, you know must have heard about mindfulness exercise, mindfulness meditation, mindfulness techniques. How to achieve mindfulness? That is my question.
1: Yes well in general the practice of sitting with whatever is happening or being with whatever is happening is mindfulness practice. Mm-hmm. I started by focusing on the breath. That's what I was taught, and most teachers start with that because everybody breathes. And so they, um, they, a teacher will say, "Let's find the place. You know, you find the place in your body where you most freely experience the breath. Is it in your chest? Is it in your abdomen?" Is it in your uh, you know, mouth or nose? And learn to be with that, to focus on that. And then once you've found that place in the body where, where the breath happens, uh, where you perceive it most, most um, easily, then to learn to let it be. So to not need to do anything with the breath, not to me- need to make it deeper or uh, faster or slower, but just being with the breath noticing it exactly as it is and that's the piece we call equanimity where mm-hmm. you're learning how to experience a body sensation which breathing the sensation of breathing is a body sensation learning how to be with that just as it is in real time as it's happening and that's where i started and mm-hmm. then you can um so in that situation The breath is your object of meditation, the thing you've chosen. Mm
0: -hmm. And then
1: the equanimity is that um, kind of a radical acceptance, you might call it, of what's actually happening. No need to push or pull on the experience, just being with it as it is. And then the mind will wander. That's what minds do. They think thoughts and very gently bring the mind back once you notice, oh, that's right. I was meditating and my mind has wandered you notice. And usually the teacher will ring a bell or, um, have a time period. If you're meditating on your own, you can set a timer or you can use an app that has a timer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so you, uh, you can tell your mind, I'm only doing this for five minutes, or I'm only doing this for 10 minutes or whatever period of time you've chosen. And if you're exercising, you might only do it for, you know, um uh, uh half a mile if you're running or a quarter mile or something like that so that that uh, your mind knows that this is not going on forever because there's part of the brain that's especially when we try something new can be afraid or skeptical and and so you can say to that part of your mind "We're, we're only doing this for a little while it's a little experiment let's just try this and see how it goes
0: okay my following question is why is mindfulness important for mental health and how frequently do we need to practice mindfulness so that we can see the impact in our daily life?
1: So um, as far as the frequency, that's a very personal thing. Some Mm -hmm. people pick up new skills very quickly. And so doing it a couple of days uh, a week maybe, or not even that often might work, but some people are stubborn. And so you need to do it on a regular basis the, the um, the joke is, or the saying is if you're having, you know, normally you want to meditate for half an hour a day, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're having a really stressful day, you should make it an hour. <laughs> if you have a really busy day, make it an hour. Mm-hmm. So, um, so err on the side of more. But I think it's intimidating to people to think, oh, my gosh, I have to be still for half an hour. I have to be uh, do this every day. So I prefer that um, you tuck it into your life someplace with something that already exists. For example, I do like to, to meditate for 30 minutes mm-hmm. a day. That's my goal. But, again, that's just what I like to do. And that's what's most effective for me because the mind forgets how to do things. So mm-hmm. if I don't practice it on a regular basis. So I have to take a medication every morning when I first get up. First thing in the morning, I take this medication. And -hmm. then I have to wait 30 minutes before I can have breakfast. And so that gives me 30 minutes when I could be checking email, I could be doing other things, but I have chosen to tuck my little meditation practice in between taking that medication and eating breakfast. And if there's some time like that, where maybe it's 10 minutes or, I mean, I, I tell people start with five, just start with something really, really simple so that you feel like you, you can't fail. I mean, you just five minutes is just not that long. It may seem to very long to somebody who hasn't sat, but, but it will quickly become uh, apparent that that's not that long. So if you can tuck it into to something else, that's the, that's probably the best thing. And as far as with um, you know, the benefits with anxiety, depression, any kind of mental health, mm-hmm. often our minds, our minds are telling us stories that aren't true, mm-hmm. that things are um, going to be awful, that there's going to be a disaster, that we're going to have a heart attack, that everything's going to fail, that we're going to fail, that the world's going to fail. And yes, the world can be an awful place at times. I'm not, you know,
0: I'm not denying reality.
1: But in fact, in any given moment, this moment right here, we are usually safe. We are usually secure. And the things that we're afraid of are not usually happening. And so for us to be able to bring our minds back to this moment right here is a very powerful skill that helps regulate our system, helps calm us down. And it also can help... um, bring our mood up, because if we're depressed, there may be a clinical reason. I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a psychiatrist, I'm not a doctor of any kind. Well, I was a lawyer, so I'm a jurist doctor, but uh, about this stuff, I'm not a doctor. But I know from my experience that when my mood is really, really low, often there are um, things that I'm telling myself, I don't even realize it, and that are adding to that, that are adding an extra layer. So the depression itself has physical sensation. It is painful. But then I'm adding an extra story on top of it that makes it even more painful. And so the meditation practice, the mindfulness practice helps us set that story aside, set that extra layer aside, so that we're only dealing with what's actually happening. And then we may realize we need other help. We may need therapy. We may need medication. We may need other kind of medical interventions. I'm not talking about that at all, but I know that when I can be with whatever is happening, I get a much more accurate picture of reality, mm-hmm. and it's um, it's usually not as scary and not as depressing. Even though I have chronic depression and I have anxiety, but there's a there's layers to it, and I use mindfulness practice to go under those layers and work with exactly what's happening in this moment.
0: What is mindfulness meditation and how to practice it to reduce anxiety or depression?
1: Um, Okay. That's thought I answered that question, but let me all talk about it again. (laughs) Um, uh, So mindfulness meditation is being, present with your thoughts and body sensations Mm -hmm. as they are in the moment. Mm -hmm. And the reason that helps with anxiety and depression is that we often tell a story. We often make up a story Mm -hmm. that is not what's actually happening right now. Mm -hmm. And that story is often scary or depressing. Mm -hmm. And so We may have underlying depression Mm -hmm. symptoms, physical symptoms, or anxiety, physical symptoms. But those symptoms themselves are not as bad if we're not adding that extra story. And for me, that's why it helps with mental health.
0: Mm -hmm. So so there are, uh, you know, I have heard and I have read articles that when, when, A person is suffering from mental health challenges and issues. When they uh, get to hear similar stories, similar to them and how they tackled and how their story, it helps them to understand their own issues. So is there any uh, book or any uh, documentary articles that has significantly impact on your journey
1: I think the book um, I'm not sure that you would consider a mental health book Mm -hmm. but Radical Acceptance by Tara Brock Mm -hmm. is the book that really reminded me what I already knew about meditation about the power of it Mm -hmm. to help us be with life as it is and deal with life in all aspects um, of my books I would say my most recent one A Daily Dose of Now has um, these regular practices so it's kind of a how to mm-hmm. and then uh, my book Make Every Move a Meditation I have it has I think 79 footnotes where I did um, a ton of research and cited a bunch of other books it has an, um, uh, an appendix a resource list in the back with lots of books, um, but those are—that's what I would recommend—is that um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: check out the list that's in my book. Make every movement meditation is make every move a meditation. Sorry, mm-hmm. um, because that has a ton of resources where I cite um, studies, I cite other books uh, about all aspects of mindfulness meditation. It's specifically about mindful movement, mm-hmm. but the posture is—I mean, it, the principles are the same it's just the posture that's different so Mm -hmm. if you're sitting that's one thing if you're moving that's another but that's just the posture the practice of mindfulness is the same regardless of whether you're moving sitting still lying down standing
0: Mm uh for those who uh for those who are you know still um figuring out or still struggling even though they have their own medical practitioner you know they have medication they have therapy what would you like to say to them
1: well the biggest thing is to hang in there because mm-hmm. um sometimes it's tough to get on the right medication and sometimes the medication takes a long time to work and Sometimes therapy takes a long time to work because we're rewiring our brains. And that's where meditation can be um almost like I don't know, um the English word be fertilizer <laughs> you know you're you're giving it a boost where <laughs> you're it's like a plant and you're giving it some nutrients. Mm-hmm. And uh we the the there's a brand name called Miracle Grow in, in the United States here and uh, and it's like miracle grow. Meditation is like miracle grow for your um, well-being.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so, so adding meditation to that mix in tiny doses, because people who have anxiety and depression are already completely overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And so when I say, oh, you should just meditate, that's, that's not going to work. It has to be a tiny little dose. That's the way. I, actually, my um, book, A Daily Dose of Now, that's why I call it that, is because it's these tiny little hits of meditation every day and adding that to a regular routine of taking the appropriate medication and therapy uh, it can give you a boost it can give you an added tool that you didn't have before and it's very adaptable you can do it anywhere you can do it standing in a store line you can do it um you know while you're walking down a hallway you really can can meditate anywhere once you learn the basic principles it's actually really easy and uh, can be very, very effective. I mean, there's a lot of of, uh, research, like you mentioned, Mm -hmm. Um, the articles you mentioned, but there's research, tons of research that shows that regular mindfulness, even in tiny doses, is very, very powerful. Mm
0: -hmm. And lastly, where can our listener find you?
1: The best place is at my website, which is just like my name. It's nitasweeney.com. So N-I-T-A-S-W-E-E-N-E-Y.com. And I have a newsletter sign up there. I have some freebies that you can um, download and that will you'll end up on my newsletter. And I don't, I don't spam people. I don't send out newsletters very often, but that's the best way to get in touch with me is to uh, go to my website and hop on the newsletter and then we can interact that way.
0: Thank you, Nita, for sharing your experience and knowledge with our listener. With that, I would like every, uh, our listener as well as Nita, you're most welcome to give feedback for the post, uh, podcast. Thank you.